0: Welcome to the podcast series on sexual health for seniors with Dr. Sue and Fran Carl. This podcast series is based on conversations with seniors about sexual health, sexual desire, and related matters. In this session, we will be discussing Emma and her marital relationships. This is part one of Emma's narrative.
1: Welcome, Fran. Thank you very much, Dr. Sue. I am becoming really absorbed in your podcast topics. You're raising questions in my mind that are demanding some answers in my very own life. And that's really surprised me. It's a bit thrilling, actually, (laughs) (laughs) and a bit confronting, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. For me, as someone who's always thought I had a very sort of libertarian view of sex between adults. Mm -hmm. So it's been really empowering for me to start thinking about what I thought was a done deal in terms of my approach to sex mm-hmm. and sex as a, as a person past 60. So thank you very much. I'm absolutely <laughs> thrilled to be part of this. Is it another change of life? I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. So just to give a bit of background, sexual desire in older age was a topic that I researched some years ago. At the time, people who knew what I was researching advised me that older people wouldn't talk to me about sexuality, let alone their own experiences of sexual desire. At the time, I disagreed with them and would still disagree with them today, particularly since my experience of speaking with some older people about the topic has shown otherwise. Many older people have not had the opportunity to discuss sexual health or their experiences of sexual desire and they welcome the opportunity to do so. Not everyone, of course. As I said in last week's session, I can't generalise and can only speak of the experience I had in discussing the topic with the older people with whom I came into contact and who were keen to share their experience of sexual desire as an older person. In fact, when I started doing the research, I was also not quite sure if how many respondents I would get to participate in my research study, but I ended up having to close my books. I had too many people. People. and wow um, yeah <laughs> and I, I was had to refuse uh, further interviews because it all had to be written up and, and mm. transcribed so mm. it was just becoming bigger than been heard but that was wonderful to me so fran what do you think uh, do you think there is a reluctance and we have talked about this before in a previous session mm-hmm. about the reluctance of older people to discuss their sexual experience Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, there is. I'll put it really bluntly, Dr. Sue, and it is hard to generalise, but I know in conversations that I have with other adults, not that I suppose my sexual health or any of those sort of things would be the top of the pops in terms of a conversation starter. And it's <laughs> Top of the pops. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's not generally accepted as a conversation starter. Mm. Sadly for me, and often to my horror, people are more interested in talking about their health concern. Mm. They've got arthritis and stuff. And having been exposed to your thinking and the, the study that you're talking about, Dr Sue, in terms of physical health and sexual health and mental health and all of those other bits of health, to me it shouldn't be something talking about our sexual health and our sexual experiences while there is people's reluctance to have that as a conversation to me it shouldn't be something that is avoided altogether Mm. that it's like Mm. a taboo subject we're not dead yet no that's right (laughs) with (laughs) or without dicky knees we're not dead yet
0: (laughs) there's life in the old girls yet
1: (laughs) (laughs) you bet you bet (laughs) okay anyway to
0: get back to today's topic you are with dr sue and fran carl and we are talking about sexual desire in older age if you haven't realized that yet (laughs) and this session's narrative is about sexual desire from an older person's perspective. Our focus this week is on Emma, and this is part one of Emma's story.
1: More specifically, about emotional connection in a relationship and a sense of self and confidence. Emma was an attractive lady aged 68 years. There was an air of self-confidence about her that gave an impression of self-sufficiency and capability. Emma had been twice divorced and had lived alone in her own home for several years, her first marriage ended only after a few years. She met her first husband when she was only 14.
0: I adored him.
1: Emma recalled,
0: Absolutely adored him. But in reality, he should n- have never have married me because we were both too young. A few years later, I found out he was with other women and I was heartbroken. Heartbroken.
1: After the marriage ended, Emma struggled as a single parent. She remembered feeling,
0: Terrified. I was young, she said. I had little children. I was living on food relief because my husband didn't send me any money, so I had no cash. I went to the police station once a fortnight and got a piece of paper that said I could get food, and that terrified the hell
1: out of me. Five years later, Emma remarried. In her words, she said,
0: i married for every wrong reason, every wrong reason. I was lonely, I was frightened, and I grabbed hold of the first man that actually offered – And he had a house which made it even more so. I was with him for 26 years, but it shouldn't have lasted any more than 12 months, if that. He was a man who, in order for him to be up, you had to be down. So he would pick at me and pick at me, and I often felt controlled.
1: Emma reflected on the sexual relationship in her second marriage. She was always turned off, she said. Emma described her husband's approach to sex as perfunctory, more of a release than anything. During the marriage, Emma had purchased a six-foot-wide bed and said that she stayed on her side of it. The large bed symbolised Emma's emotional separation from her husband. Eventually, Emma left her second marriage and as an older woman, Emma soon gained control over her life. About six months after the marriage breakup, Emma noticed an advertisement in the local paper. A man several years younger than Emma was seeking a casual affair. Emma was lonely and said that she wanted to feel a man in her arms and try sex again, perhaps get a chance at romance and sex. So she responded to the advertisement, not knowing what to expect. She said she had no idea what she was going to feel, no idea at all. In her words, Emma exclaimed that the sex was fantastic, but the relationship less so. The sexual enjoyment was a powerful emotion for Emma, but there was no connection, no bond between the couple. At first, the lack of connection was unimportant. As time went by, the lack of connection became more significant. Emma decided to end the relationship. It was a difficult decision because she had always enjoyed sexual intercourse. She just needed to feel a greater emotional bond or connection with him.
0: What happened then, friend?
1: Well, 12 months later, he rang Emma out of the blue and asked her if she knew where the horny goat's weed were. It was if nothing had happened, Emma said, and yet we hadn't spoken for 12 months. She responded by asking him if he was having a problem. And he said, well, I had a bit of trouble getting it up and I've had this trouble for a while. And he said, I never had this trouble with you. I said, that's because we did a lot of time in foreplay and I knew what you liked. I knew what turned you on. He said, I had this one experience with this woman and before we met in person, she said, before I meet you, how big is it? And he said, how big is what? She said, how big is your penis? And he said, oh, well, why don't you come around and have a look? So she came around and they went into the bedroom and he took it out and he couldn't get it up he told Emma. He was telling me all of this on the phone, Emma remembered. And he said, I suppose you wouldn't be interested in meeting me once a week. And she said, no, I don't think so. Anyway, Emma said that he actually asked to take me out. And what he was getting at was, you're not having any sex and I'm not having any sex. So how about we get together and we can solve each other's problems? Emma said, she thought, in your dreams. But then she said, she thought about it and decided that she would get a free meal out of him because she'd always paid her way. So they went out one night, and Emma said that he was sitting opposite her, and he said, You know that lady that came around, and I took her into the bedroom, and I couldn't get it up? And she replied, Yes. He said, She rang me this morning. Emma said, Really? He said, Yes. Do you know what she wanted? Emma said, No. He said, She wanted to know if I wanted to sell the furniture that's in the bedroom, because it is vintage. And Emma said, Well, at least she saw something she liked in the bedroom. (laughs) 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 Emma did not resume the relationship. Emma said that she had no desire to resume a relationship that had become unfulfilling to her. Sex with no feeling no longer suited her. In the past, her feelings were always involved, but now she was her own woman and only did what suited her.
0: So, Fran, how important do you think the emotional connection is in a relationship and do you think it's different for men than for women in general?
1: This is difficult to answer, Dr. Sue, because it's so hard to stop generalising. The, yeah. the, what you come say, oh, blokes just want sex and women just use romance to get the sex. So in terms of the emotional connection, I can only talk personally. Mm. I know that's really important to me. Yeah. It was really important to Emma, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't important to the bloke that she was with. It, I suppose I was a little bit shocked that he was quite blunt about it and I think Emma in her analysis of it, well, he thought I wasn't getting any and he wasn't getting any so if we get together, we can get some. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and if that's all you want to get some, fair enough. But yeah. in terms of I, – I don't like to say that blokes don't have an emotional connection to sexual relationships – but I also don't want to say that all women do too.
0: No, that's right. And a little later down the track we'll be talking about uh, James who very much wanted the emotional connection. So, mm. uh, yeah, I agree. To me, Emma started off as a very subdued, obviously that there was an element of coercive control in her yes. early relationship. you bet. But she became a much stronger woman over time mm. and, and more empowered. Mm. But she had to leave the relationship to do that. Or, mm. and, and that's not the case for everyone. I no. think a lot of people can become stronger within the relationship
1: yeah yeah exactly um she certainly was different to mm, that i think and it was hard lessons that had to be learned it was you know and the empowerment from that level of vulnerability i'm really glad that emma got to that point and it is sad that many don't so i'm very pleased to hear emma found that strength
0: but we've got more to talk about emma in part two as well so i think it's not possible to define along gender lines What do you think about that as
1: well? Absolutely. As I said, I hesitated and I will continue to hesitate to say that all men do this and all women do that. I think it is very much what a person's attitude to sex Mm. and what a person's experience in terms of emotional relationships, I think all of that blends together and there isn't any one point where it's a gender line or even a yes-no line or any of those. I think Mm. it is so much a personal response ...to something and all of that builds in with what you're feeling is about your body... ...what you're feeling is about your partner's body. All of those things have to build... For me, but yeah. in other cases it doesn't. So mm. I think it's absolutely dangerous to say all men want this and all women want yeah, that. absolutely. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: To me, I guess in a nutshell, Emma's narrative was a story about regaining a sense of self and control over her own life.
1: For sure, and, absolutely. Uh, I like
0: the bed symbolising, yes. you know, that <laughs> big bed and she had her side and <laughs> Um, yeah, it was amazing how that bed became a symbol mm. of what was going on in the relationship as well.
1: Thank you for reminding me with that. Because when I was reading the story that you've given me, Dr Sue, I had in my mind a visual of mm. Emma being rigid on her side of the bed and that was a place of maybe relative safety, I don't know, but that yeah. idea of distance and reinforcing it every time getting into the bed that this is a distance.
0: Right. And in the next session, that bed will have a very different meaning for Emma, part two. So uh, Can't start... wait. Yes. <laughs> Can't so, wait. <laughs> you've been listening to Dr. Sue and Fran Carl and we've been talking about sexual desire in all our age. The focus this week was on Emma's story or part one of Emma's story and how she went from being controlled in her first marriage to not feeling a strong bond or sense of connection in her later marriage to finally taking control over her life and gaining a sense of self-worth. There is a later part, as I said, to Emma's story and we'll continue with Emma's experience in part two of our next podcast.